Cashback is not available on gas in New Jersey and Wisconsin. Hey, good morning. You're heading the airport, right? Yeah, thanks for checking. I like the car. How long have you been a rideshare driver? About three years now. I really enjoy it. Isn't it hard to make money these days with the price of gas being so high? Not for me. I use Upside, the free app that gives you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. Wait a minute. Are you saying you actually get real money back when you get gas with the Upside app? Yep, I get real cash back every time I get gas. Does that actually add up to anything? I'll make around $200 to $300. Wow, that's serious extra cash. I'm downloading the Upside app now. Download the free Upside app now to earn real cash back every time you buy gas. Use promo code CAR for an extra $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. You can cash out anytime right to your bank account, PayPal, or a gift card for Amazon and other brands. Just download the free Upside app and use promo code CAR for a $0.25 a gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code CAR. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. The following podcast may contain discussions supported by science that may be considered dangerous to some listeners and conspiracy theorists. Discretion is advised. The Three Down Greencast is brought to you by the Pile of Bones Brewing Company. Home delivery available in Regina at sassbeardelivery.ca. Welcome to the Three Down Greencast. You are listening to the Internet's only Hawaii football appreciation podcast. Woohoo! I am Joel Gasson with John Fraser as usual. And yes, uh, it was an eventful week again for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. We will get into uh, what was an eventful loss. The Manjo Bowl yeah. for the Riders. A little can bit I glo- of a... Can I, I get to gloat a bit, right? Because I finally yeah. feel like, despite my best efforts, Rider fans, to phrase or curse my Blue Bombers, I somehow didn't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, a lot happened in that game, and uh, we'll talk kind of about what it means, maybe what it doesn't actually mean, and uh, how the team moves forward, and what it means for them moving forward, all that sort of fun stuff. Uh, Chris Jones, apparently coming back to the CFL. We're going to touch on that as well. But ladies, set your DMs to private. Yeah, but <laughs> it's been an eventful couple of days for yours truly here. Mm. As I kind of feel like one John Fraser feels whenever Sergio, or sorry, Sergio Castillo yes. has even just a workout with an NFL team or a team somewhere or he signs somewhere. Because or, or, or even post to Twitter and in, in Spanish because I can't understand any of it, but I just see it and I'm like, that's my boy. He just he's my boy. You know, you can just like like translate this tweet and then you can read what it says. It's more magical in Spanish. I like to think that he's saying, "I pined for my return to the CFL," and legitimately, if he ever comes back to Winnipeg, I don't have a new style bomber jersey. I have five others, but I will buy a Sergio Castillo jersey. Okay. Well, they signed another kicker this week, so I guess it's not going to happen just yet. I, as excited Cause, as cause, I am, Legio was crap. I'm yeah. excited for a new kicker, but it's not Sergio, so I'm heartbroken. Yeah, because the one thing we can say about the Winnipeg Blue Bombers where they could use some improving is their kicking game. Yes. And yes, if that's a, the a, only thing you're saying about a team as a negative, you're in a pretty good spot. Right, and see, this reminds me of the Alexis Cerna era. 
that Banjo Bowl performance by Mark Leggio. I was at the Banjo Bowl many years ago, and I was there with my cousin Mike and my buddy Phil. And Cerna, I believe, missed like three or four field goals and just had a brutal game, and the Bombers lost the Banjo Bowl. So we went back to my cousin Mike's house. We grabbed my buddy Phil. We grabbed a bottle of tequila and then went out and kicked field goals at a nearby high school in our flip-flops while drinking tequila. And I can vouch we were still better than Alexis Cerna that day. I but no other like, bad kicker really in history, though. No, 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 not at all. It's actually funny. I texted my cousin. Uh, I texted him while I was at work wearing bomber gear, uh, watching the Banjo Bowl, and I said, uh, "Legio reminds me of Cerna, not in the good way. Should we find some tequila and go find a field?" So that's I. That's kind of it. I it brought back some some good and some bad memories, and I'm glad that's the only thing that Winnipeg was bad at. Mm-hmm. But, but but to the Hawaii Appreciation Podcast, yes. I know you were so excited. You texted me the link. You were giddy. You probably went and threw on your delightful Rainbow <laughs> Warrior shirt. I was unfortunately at work at the time, so I did not. Um, but yes, yeah, in the middle of the day, I get a text from uh, our fine leader, one Justin Dunk. Yes. That just says Cole McDonald with, a, with our little rainbow emoji. And I was like, does this mean what I think it means? Because Dunk has a, an appreciation for Cole as well, for Cole McDonald, former Hawaii quarterback, uh, right. NFL draft pick as well, Titans, I believe. And so I went. I go search up on the Argos on Twitter, and sure as hell, the Toronto Argonauts, who last week put in their um, neg list drop that Cole McDonald was on their neg list, which I had heard from Dunk before that he was on their neg list. I don't know if it was ever officially reported anywhere or whether they actually put that out anywhere before. So... Like, I had right. heard that Cole was on the Argos uh, Neglis before, but then they finally made that official, and then they signed him this week. And, yeah, I mean, I was having, you know, I wasn't having a bad day at work when I searched the imagination, but, like, my day up until the provincial numbers that day just could not, came out, could not be ruined. No. And I, I, was, I was just so excited and happy because, think of it this way, like, Cole McDonald was up for on the shutdown full cast. They're basically their college football player of the year, which is like the award given out to the most college football, college football player you can find. <laughs> it's named after a former player who was, uh, is, by all accounts, I've never seen him play the most college football, college football player to ever play. And what you don't know, like, it's not just that they are good at the sport of football at the collegiate level. There's a very specific type of fun chaos and dumbness that comes along with being a college football player that is a college football player. Right, right, as we discussed last week with mm-hmm. hashtag college kickers. Mm-hmm. I mean, the college kickers are a breed of their own. But Cole McDonald, and I, I, I completely understand maybe if many listeners out there haven't really seen this guy play before, because a lot of his games here are on a Saturday night at like midnight. And only degenerates like me are still watching that game at that time. Well, you you are the night owl of all <laughs> night owls and the college football degen. Like so, I mean, Dan uh, Dan Plaster, friend of the show, Phil and John, is uh, more of a college football degenerate than I am. But yes, <laughs> I love too that it's not fan that you guys are college football. <laughs> and, and as a big fan of Letterkenny, I, I feel obligated to call you a couple of college football degens. Hmm, okay. The only thing is, is 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 you're not a degens from up north because you're south of me. So you're a couple degens from down south. Okay. But yes. I love it and respect it. Yeah, so Cole is, you know, he's, he's he's mobile, he's got a great arm, he can do a lot of great things with the football, but he has those moments as well. Think potential 
for Jameis Winston's 30-30 year in Tampa Bay. Right. Think something like he is capable of putting up big yards. He's like basically he's capable of putting up a 400-yard game with four touchdowns and four interceptions. <laughs> <laughs> so just the kind of chaotic player exactly. we all loved. We all love to watch. Like, and, and, and maybe that doesn't necessarily translate well to the pro game. I don't care. I, I don't. I don't fully anticipate that Cole McDonald's going to have a very long illustrious CFL career. But if the Toronto Argonauts give him a real chance and we get to see him play for a bit in all his glory again for a little bit longer, that's really all I'm asking for. It's 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 true. And and the beauty is is Toronto clearly is okay with that gunslinger guy because McLeod Bethel Thompson is basically that guy. Yeah, and I th- I think Cole's a little more dynamic than MBT is. Interesting. I like mm. I like that advanced scouting report. So so I did go I I went into the the deep dive on him. He was yes a seventh round pick in the NFL draft, and I hope for your sake, much like I got to see Sergio reach the pinnacle mm. when he was the kicker for the New York Jets, and and you and I were discussing me actually watching buying DAZN to watch New York Jets games to see Sergio <laughs> kick last year. <laughs> Which yeah. was a thing I did, and I renewed my DAZN description <laughs> subscription in case anybody signs my boy Sergio. Uh, yeah, I hope you get to see Cole, and, and I want to see him in some sort of like Sean McGuire esque gadget play that it looks like he's just going to lunge forward for the yard and said drop back, it drops back and just chucks a dime to somebody. Mm-hmm. Except to someone that can actually you know complete the play. That's that's fair. That's fair. So yes, the Argos, if you are listening, which I'm sure, sure you're not, um, give Cole McDonald a real chance. I don't expect to see him on the field this year, but let him finish the year, bring him to camp next year, and then at least hopefully we can maybe at least get a preseason game in. Right. And then and then we – but there's no fun way to say Cole McDonald. Ah, there is. Cole McDonald had a game, E-I-E-I-O. He threw four picks and that was lame, E-I-E-I-O. But he scored some points and he got some touchdowns. Here a completion, there a completion, there a completion everywhere. Cole McDonald won the game, E-I Joel is happy. Did you come up with that on the spot or you've been thinking about that for a while? I came up with that on the spot. I don't know how the fuck I did it. <laughs> that might be the most creative thing I've done in going on the three years of this podcast. That may be one of the more creative things you've done probably in your professional Ever? broadcasting career. I Yes. I, I obviously need to drink more. <laughs> I set the bar too high for myself. I better crack another beer. Yes, absolutely. So yeah, that's uh, that's the story out of Toronto. That's, to me, the story of the week in the CFL. I know um, when the Argos media team put out the tweet, uh, a lot of people were very focused on them uh, releasing offensive lineman Terry Poole, who was expected to be their starting left tackle. Um, and I was just like, Cole McDonald! Yes! Woo! But yeah, um, we do have to talk about the Riders and uh, the little bit of a, a trimming they took on that one. Yeah! <laughs> yeah, they did. I, 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 I know this is a writer podcast hosted by two non-writer fans, so I might gloat a little because, because I, I, I think, and and I shouldn't gloat because it's going to phrase or curse it, but I think for the first time since the like early two thousands, my favorite football team is legitimately good. Mm-hmm. Like not just like kind of fluke it out good, but like legitimately good. Mm-hmm. I was trying to set you up for the ad read there, and you completely missed it. Oh, 
right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, we were talking before the we were talking before the show about ditching the space copy. Mm -hmm. So we still have to do it, though. Right. But I'm just okay. I'm completely thrown off now. Um, Missed missed the lead in. I try not to miss many of your segues. But uh, yes, let's kick our pubes to the next planet with the performance package 4.0 from our friends. At Manscaped, the orbits in your pants will feel like you're in zero gravity. We use the best tools for the job from the leaders in male grooming, just like me. Join the two million men worldwide who trust Manscaped and get your rocket ready for takeoff. Go to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code FANSIDED20. That's 20% off. Free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. 20% off. Free shipping with the code FANSIDED20 at manscaped.com. For a clean trinity and beyond, your space balls will thank you. Jammy update, my kids puked on their... Connor puked on his Toy Story jammies last night. All righty then. Yeah, it was, it, was a, it was not a good night. No, that's, that's, that's what I heard. And we weren't sure if we were going to be able to record this evening. So uh, well, thankfully yeah. or unthankfully, depending, we're here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it's because I've caught like my 17th wind. Because mm. any dads out there know... When your kid pukes during the night, it is the worst sleep ever. Not only because you wake up a couple times because your kid's puking, because you don't really go into a deep sleep because you think there's going to be more puke. Yeah. Because there's no, like, you don't know, especially when he's three. There's no, okay, I feel better. It's not like when you've had one too many beers, you head out, you pull the trigger, and away you go. You go to bed, the spins are gone. It's like there's always, like, a you know, to quote Metallica, you're sleeping with one eye open holding your pillow tight, going, oh, God, don't ruin any more sheets. I've already done so much laundry. (laughs) And when they're three, it's not even like the fun game of puke in the bucket. It just kind of goes where they are. So thankfully, it was only twice last night. All right, yeah. I guess that's something to be thankful for. It's true. And on that lovely note, uh, before we get into everything that was the Banjo Brawl and beyond, John, uh, for the Pile of Bones Brewing Company... What is in the glass this week? To salute the Pile of Bones Brewing Company that basically took two racists, two complete pieces of shit that walked into their store, into their tap room, trying to have some delicious beer. And they said, and this this takes balls as a small business, especially in today's era, to look at two people in the eye and basically say, get out of here. You're not welcome back. You are banned. If you've mm. heard about it, that's what the Pile of Bones Brewing Company did to some people that destroyed a tribute on the steps of the legislature to to the kids that were lost at residential schools. They told them to get out. And for that, I went out and bought the official unofficial beer of, the, of our podcast, the Pile of Bones White IPA. I even saved one from a Saturday night of debauchery with my brother-in-law, who also loves craft beer. Um, and I was going to debut one of the one of the craft beers he brought me from calgary that'll all probably be gone by next week but i had to go with the white ipa to salute our great sponsors you had a great tweet about them and Mm -hmm. yeah it's what a great move yeah just um never prouder to not because they sponsor this podcast but because you know i've known glenn and brent and josh and those guys for a while now just just great dudes and uh you know just a real company doing things the right way and just uh, real proud of what they did, and they they couldn't have done anything better. Quite frankly, I don't. Oh, exactly. I don't and they've gotten a lot of publicity about this, but that's not what this was about. This is about doing the right thing, and uh, 
proud not only to call them sponsors of this show, but just uh, friends in general who I, I definitely uh, have beers with from time to time and uh, definitely uh, completely on brand and completely on character for them. This isn't this isn't anything beyond just uh, doing the right thing. Absolutely. And, and, and that's the thing, too, is, is I haven't had the chance. I think maybe the one night we went there, I think I might have briefly met some of the guys you mentioned. Mm. Um, but I haven't had the chance to get to know them like you did, but you told me like, this was genuine. This is what they do. And that's just like the world needs a little bit more of that is mm-hmm. if you're going to be an asshole, if you're going to be a douche to other people, just get out. Like, just yep. don't go to nice things like the super chill tap room. And I love to see it. I love the positive publicity they're getting from it. It almost reminds me, it, it's nice to see through the whole pandemic. Remember, um, Oh, what happened with Mark and Rebellion that they got a bunch of really good PR as well early in the in the in the pandemic? I remember there was a thing that like there's a big spike in Rebellion sales because, oh, some lawyer went after some right wing leaning lawyer went after Mark and the tap room and there was a bump in sales. Yeah. And it's good to see good guys being rewarded for standing their ground of everybody love everybody except Mm -hmm. if you're an asshole. Right. Like to see. Glenn and the crew of Pile of Bones this week, and then Mark back then, and 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 you know, obviously they sponsor this pod, and and the other guys, you know, are just friends of the show. It's just it's it's good to see good people being rewarded for taking the right stand. Yeah, absolutely, and 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 there's plenty of other great local businesses that have as well. I know probably just about every brewer in this province feels the same way. Um, I've seen um, there was a similar post from uh, the Lancaster here in Regina just a few days before about not necessarily about anyone specific, but just about unruly customers and how certain people who treat their staff incorrectly just are not going to be welcome there anymore. So no, exactly as it shouldn't be. Yeah. And uh, for me, uh, I've been in just in this sort of trend of sticking to sort of beers that taste like beers lately. I don't know why, which is uncharacteristic for you. I mean, I are do... you feeling okay? I'm no, a little worried about you. No, I'm feeling fine. I, I, I still love well-made pilsners and kolsches and lagers and the whole thing. So uh, for me, I have the instant classic from Multinational, just uh, another great uh, light, easy drinking pilsner. And spoiler alert, next week might be the new Nine Mile Pilsner because I see that on the shelf every day and I'm just like, I need to get that one. Yeah, I saw it, <laughs> I saw it my last time at Sobey's Liquor and I was thinking the same thing. But I actually, I, I sent home and partially thanks to your advice mm-hmm. i sent home my brother-in-law with the essentials mm-hmm. of uh of saskatchewan beer because he's also a craft beer guy so that was uh that was really cool and i think it was the i think i threw the nine mile pilsner in there for him i think it was the only pilsner i threw in there for him but forgot to try it while he was at my house real fraser move there yeah and uh the riders had a real fraser move in the banjo bowl <laughs> You mean starting off good and then just kind of falling off at the end? Yeah. So, yeah, the Riders have lost two in a row, two in a row now, 33-9, to nine, uh, defeat at the hand of the Winnipeg Blue, Bar- Blue Bombers. Um, the sort of concerning trend overall continues uh, where they haven't scored a touchdown against the Bombers in three complete football games now, and they haven't scored a touchdown period since the... Since in the Ottawa game, and they haven't thrown a touchdown pass since the Hamilton game, and none of those are good trends. And no, no, not at all. The Winnipeg, you know, the Winnipeg games are what they are, and we're we'll getting to that in a second. But still, an overall trend: the fact that Cody Fajardo, 
or any of the quarterbacks have not thrown a touchdown pass, even in light and garbage time in some of these games, since I believe the second quarter of the Hamilton game should be concerning. Should it not? Yeah, and I I treated myself to something, Joel. Yeah. I treated myself to listening to the post-game show on, on Cruise FM uh, on my way home on, from work on Saturday. I even took the long way home just to enjoy. Um, you know they have radio in houses too, right? Yeah, but I, I don't feel like that negative vibe should be in my house. And there's only so much of anti-vaxxer Michael Ball I can stand in my ears. So the quick little drive in my RAV4 was enough. But I feel like Rider Nation is in full-blown panic mode. And they were despite... at least after the game. And I, I, I think that's understandable. I know I had, right. in my mentions I had some fans panicking and completely understandable i know you know really hardcore fans are emotional after games right. and you i'm frankly wouldn't those of us in the media wouldn't have it any other way because it's kind of how we the, those of us who this is our living how we kind of draw our living so I mean. right exactly now i will admit <laughs> i remember downplaying not only on this podcast but on other platforms i've appeared on that the shack evans loss wasn't a big one for the riders mm-hmm you bringing up that stat about a lack of touchdowns, I was, as usual, wrong. Uh, I think just the threat of having a Shaq Evans out there has allowed teams to cheat up a little bit. They know Cody's going to throw a little bit more dink and dunk. And Cody's still a high completion percentage guy, but mm. they need to stretch the field. They and finally did in that game. They did get they one. They did, actually. They and, did and get th- one, finally. Right, but you need more than one. Mm-hmm. You need at least that threat yeah. that you're going to do that. And again, as we talked about last week, I think against Winnipeg's not the kind of team against that Riders offensive line that's going to give you the time to set it up. But I will commend in the first half, that offensive line held their own against that Winnipeg pass rush. And they did, yeah. the chances are there, and you and I have said this so many times to each other that Kicking field goals will not win you a football game. If you no. kick field goals, the other team scoring touchdowns, it's obvious math you're going to lose. And that's what's happened to the Riders lately. So <laughs> I'm I'm a little concerned. I'm not full-blown panic, panic on the offense yet. I think Cody was banged up in these two games. I mean, obviously he left the, left the Banjo Bowl, but I think, you know, that's the first time he's really been hit and hit like the way he was in Labor Day. Um, they did good things. William Powell finally got going. They gave him lots of chances, and he ran well to me. You know, a five-yard average, 88 yards. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm not concerned just yet. I think the pieces are there, especially if Cody's going to play. But you're right, they have to punch into the end zone. But you almost have to write off both these games against Winnipeg because Winnipeg is, right now, especially defensively, just that good. They just match up so well with Saskatchewan. Yeah, and I, I I I think there are concerns overall of the offense, but I think I think two games against Winnipeg definitely sort of over exaggerates those a little bit, right? Because I think it's clear right now there is no team in the league that is anywhere close to Winnipeg's level. No, no, I and, we know yeah. we know two things for certain in the CFL this year. We have Winnipeg on the top, we have Ottawa at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Everything else, I mean. You were telling me, and, and, and yeah. I'm not going to steal your story, but your power ranking story for this week, I think, summarizes the CFL the best. Yeah, so you know, every week we put our, we individually we put our power rankings into a spreadsheet. 
uh, across most of us on three down that you know actually write on the site. Not John is what I mean. Oh, yeah, 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 no. <laughs> I would need to buy Grammarly three times over to write on the site and actually yeah. like. Um, in fairness, even if I wanted to write, I don't know if I have time, and I am nowhere near good enough. Anyway, so um, you know, we all rank our t- teams one to n- one through nine, team with the lowest amount of points at the end of all that combined across. I believe the ten of us that are a part of this will be ranked first, which is obviously Winnipeg. They got one from everyone. Um, after that, I didn't go back and look at the document to see kind of where it went from there because you're right. Ottawa was nine, Winnipeg was one, and then there's just a mishmash. Even the different power rankings from different organizations are all looking a little different right now, which, you know, I always have this, you know, one or two spots are different, but it's wild between two and eight, oh, essentially. I, I don't I don't know if there is a number two team right now. No, I, I don't think there is either. So I jokingly said in our group chat, because JC, JC Abbott was the one uh, writing up the piece this week for the power rankings. I said, okay, here are my power rankings. Uh, Winnipeg 1, Ottawa 9, everyone else 4.5. <laughs> and that might be, like, you've said a lot of accurate things. That might be the most accurate thing you've said ever. Yeah, and, and I mean, some other, uh, you know, Jonathan Hudson was, and some other guys are trying to say, well, he, they, they still think the riders are above teams that are a little bit more of a mess like Edmonton and Calgary and I'm like okay maybe that might be true but I, I'm not totally willing to say that just yet <laughs> yeah I would I still think Saskatchewan if they take this punch in the mouth as a learning experience and I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing to have your flaws exposed especially early in the season yeah I like in an, if, in a normal year, if they had this happen on Labor Day Banjo Bowl at the midway point, that's a little more concerning than a few weeks into a season with no preseason. Right, and, and I mean at at the end of the day, they're still second in the West right now, mm-hmm. and and they and they have got Winnipeg out of the way for the rest mm-hmm. of the season. Yeah, so they don't have to play them again, which is I don't know. Well, potentially they may see them in the playoffs, but other than that, yeah, they don't get to see them again. So. In theory, you would think, okay, they should be okay the rest of the way. If they're not, is when we'll know that they're in trouble or not, basically. Well, even this week's game. This week's game against Toronto, to me, is a big one. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, I'm never going to be one with the hyperbole of the must-win, but there was an interesting stat tweeted out by Danny Austin, who is one of the better CFL followers on Twitter. And it was about the CFL standings by scoring differential, right? Even after having their lunch money stolen from them twice, the riders are even in point differential. Or scoring differential, I should say, right? Yeah. Um, Meanwhile, the Argos are minus 15. And and, and the Argos, to me, haven't, like, Winnipeg, you know, made them bleed their own blood once, but they've played some pretty close games. So, to me, starting to look at that, like, this is a game, especially Saskatchewan has, this is yet another home game for the riders, where they've mm-hmm. been good, uh, and the first one without without the serious chance of a significant COVID outbreak, um, I think they have to come out and they have to at least like they may fall to three and three. I'm still fairly high on the Argos, um, and they may fall to three and three, but I think they need to show something and show that they've learned from those two Winnipeg shit kickings. Mm-hmm. Like, it's one thing to lose, and lose pretty soundly more so in Labor Day than the Banjo Bowl, I would say. I thought they played much better in the Banjo Bowl uh, than they did Labor Day. 
I, I, th- I think that's entirely true, and I, I said it basically in my piece after the game. I think, it's, I think it's. I think I think when you look at the Banjo Bowl, you know, kind of to wrap it up in a nutshell, the first half was it wasn't the greatest played football game of all time, but they were in it. They had a shot. They did basically everything they could to try to hang around as the offense still couldn't quite take that final step. They did actually move the ball a little bit. They gave themselves a bit of a chance, but that second half, the second half to me, you just throw that out because yes. I think realistically. You tell you take basically any professional football team on the planet and make them lose half their starting defense by that point. Because of course before the game before the game even started, they were down Luches Purifoy mm-hmm. and Ganey and mm-hmm. AC I'm Dumb Leonard. And <laughs> AC Stage Fright Leonard. Yeah. And so they're down those three, and then they get the two guys ejected right before the half, rightfully. You know, uh, right. Garrett Marino and AJ Handy both had to go for throwing punches. And then uh, Mike Adam goes down with, I believe, it was a wrist injury at the time. He at least missed some time. And yep. then, oh, and then some guy named Cody Fajardo got hurt as well. So if you're right. missing half your starting defense and your starting quarterback against the best team in your league, I don't care who you are. You're, even if you're playing the worst team in your league, you're probably not going to win that game missing that many guys. No. And, so and, you, and, just, and, you just throw that out and you say that second half was just about survival at that point. You get through it and you move on to the next game. Well, the thing that didn't impress me is the riders, especially on the offensive line and the offensive play calling, looked like a team that had learned in the first half. Mm-hmm. They established William Powell. They weren't letting that Winnipeg pass rush get to Cody in the same way that they had for the entire, like the entire Labor Day Classic. Cody was under assault. Yeah. And Richie Hall didn't change his game plan a whole lot for the Winnipeg defense. And, and the offensive line seem to respond, and I think that goes back to establish the run, letting them get angry, letting them hit some people in the mouth, and letting them do some things, right? So mm-hmm. I think if you see that first-half team against Toronto and moving forward, they are still a legitimate contender for a home playoff game. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, I, I, like, yeah I, I don't think they're going to finish first in the West at this point. Craig Dickinson said no. it would be a huge uphill battle at this point. Something crazy would have to happen probably. But yeah, second place in the West is definitely still not out of the question. I mean, Edmonton and Calgary are both below 500. I don't think anyone's really convinced what BC is at this point. So yeah, second in the West is definitely still very possible, which I think would be a pretty good outcome from this team, all things considered. And I, th- I it's think it's kind of in... where we put them be- at the beginning of the season. Yeah, too. I put them third, but I mean, second, third, sometimes there isn't really much to say between those two spots, um, right? It's, it's, especially it's in the a, West. It's one win. Yeah. And I think it's also important to kind of characterize this team a little bit. I, I don't think this is going to be a team, especially offensively, that's just going to blow the doors down. They're not going to blow the no. doors down offensively on anyone. I think if they're going to win games, it's going to be a lot. It's going to be the lower scoring. It's going to be grinds. It's going to be tough football to win games. I don't see this team going out and scoring 40 points and winning in a breeze. I just don't think they're built that way. So the expectations maybe on the offense should be lowered a little bit because, again, we've talked about this before with Cody Fajardo. He's good I don't know if he's you know he's not 5,000 yards 50 touchdowns great he's just he's good for what the CFL currently is he is a very good quarterback but not an elite quarterback Mm -hmm. Cody will win you football games he can win you football games he can win you a great cup he just might he probably doesn't end as a high-end hall of famer and there's nothing wrong with that no no there's absolutely nothing wrong with that I mean Cody is like 
Matt Nichols plus, I would say at this point. I, and I'm talking about, like, the Edmonton Matt Nichols before the leg yeah, injury. Yeah, 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 yeah. I'm talking about the Winnipeg Matt Nichols. Like, I'm, I'm not comparing him to Matt Nichols. I don't think you can win with Matt Nichols. I think you can win with Cody Fajardo, but they're both similar in the fact that they're not going to lose you many games. No. They're going to win you a lot of games, but they're going to need help winning those games, mm-hmm. right? And, and the plus comes in where Cody's capable of doing some things to make that happen on his own where Matt Nichols isn't. To me, the plus comes in that, okay, tie game, fourth quarter, three-minute warning, Cody has the ability to win you that game with his legs and with his accuracy and the ability to throw the deep ball where Matt Nichols doesn't. Mm-hmm. Right. I just I, I'm trying to think of other comparables recently. Maybe Kevin Glenn to a degree. Where Maybe. outside of his like and I'm talking like early and late Kevin Glenn, not his like near MOP years, but like same thing. Like the, when we last saw Kevin Glenn with the Riders, like he's going to win you football games, but he's not going to be able to do it by himself. He's going to need the defense. He's going to need receiving. He's going to need a big special team play, right? So that's where I'd put Cody. Meanwhile, Zach Caleros is back to looking like a guy that can single-handedly win football games. I think the two years off is the best thing that ever happened to Zach Caleros. Yeah, I think we've talked about everything that's kind of gone right for him with that the last little while, but... right. Before we get off the banjo bowl and onto our other topic, I, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the brawl before right. the end of the first half. And as we as we sort of mentioned, both wider players that got ejected, uh, completely deserving. They absolutely deserve to get ejected. But of course, the interesting thing that everyone continues to talk about is the Andrew Harris situation to come out of that one. And it's an interesting one because... I mean, I haven't taken a deep dive on the rule book to look for sure, but I mean, I have. I'm sure you have, <laughs> and I'm sure you have the answer. But to me, it feels like okay. It, this feels like something that probably should be an ejection, but I'm guessing within the rule book, there's nothing that clearly states it is. That is exactly yeah. what it is. As a guy that's taken, I I used to behind the curtain when I used to do uh, Hilltop's play by play. I would actually take the officials course every year. And the reason I did that, there was nothing that sounded less sounds less professional to me from an announcer than not knowing the rules. Hmm. So I made a point of taking the officials course, right? So um, upon seeing that, reading the rule book and looking through it, there is no clear line. You know, if you throw a punch, you're gone. Yeah. That's clearly defined. Hmm. There is As no... As it should be, yeah. I agree. There is no clear if you rip a guy's helmet off, you're gone because... Let's face it, occasionally it does happen while a guy's getting tackled. Mm-hmm. It, it'd be a gray area, right? But I, I do think, and this is coming from a Winnipeg fan, the officials made a crucial error in not throwing him out. Um, there are rules, you know, you, you there are ways you can throw him out, not for the act of just removing the helmet, mm-hmm. but the malice and intent that... It, yeah, like did. it wasn't he just grabbed the face mask and it happened to came off. Like it was clearly, I and I would argue... You know, the grab and the twist and the throw down was actually far more dangerous than any punch that was thrown on the field. I would agree. That was the because, most dangerous play Because, I mean, scrub. the most dangerous thing you are doing punching someone in a football helmet is breaking your own hand, quite frankly. Right, right. And, and that's the other <laughs> thing, too, is, is, is myself with extensive experience as a hockey official. 
you can never out of a scrum out of something like that you can never take two guys from the same team because then everybody's just lost faith faith in you Mm -hmm. even if you need to kind of reach for something if you're going to eject two guys from one team you got to take another guy from the other team just to maintain your credibility and these guys have the benefit of the command center there's no reason andre pru couldn't ask for a review of that play. I mean, if they can call back off sides randomly, mm-hmm. there's no reason they can't say, yo, Andre, that was pretty ugly. Your guys might have missed it because it was late. <laughs> you should get Harris, Harris the toss. And I still think Winnipeg wins that game oh, without Andrew Harris. Yeah. But he certainly should have been tossed. He'll probably get the token CFL fine. But again, back to my listening to uh, the anti-vax post-game show, um, I did laugh. And I always have to laugh because Ryder fans, God bless you all. You're a passionate bunch. But some of you are like, there is one guy that suggested that Harris should miss the rest of the season for that. (laughs) No. Like, remove head from ass. I mean. (laughs) I I get it. It's uh, it's emotional in the moment. I get it. Right. Exactly. I wouldn't hate seeing Andrew Harris suspended for a game. Yeah. Yeah. I think in, I don't. In, I don't in, remember. Was Vernon Adams Jr. suspended a game when he took that guy's helmet off and hit him with it? <laughs> yes. Yeah. So yes, I mean, the precedent was. is kind of there for that, right? Like it's not like Harris didn't hit him with it, but he could have essentially broken his. He could have like twisted his neck. Like he could have potentially killed him. Well, that's exactly with enough it. Of, with like, enough was... with enough torque of that twist of the neck on that, right? Well, that's exactly it. You're looking at this guy. You're looking at the way he removes that helmet. It's not a oopsie. It, it was yeah. like, it, like even at the very least, flag him 15 yards for the face mask. Like, well, they, they did call they did call him on an unnecessary roughness. They just didn't give him the ejection for it, which they should have. Yeah. So, uh, and again, this is coming from a Winnipeg fan saying that. And the other, that's the other. I thing. think you there are a lot when... of Bomber fans who agree that Harris should have been kicked out of that game too. Right. And you at least know in spirit, they, whether, they it's, not, whether it's not whether it's not necessarily black and white black and white in the rule book explicitly written by sort of in spirit it felt like that's something that should be ejectable <laughs> you can always you can always find a reason to eject, uh, eject a guy like it just it 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 should that's what should have happened and it was unfortunate because it cost the riders two players cost winnipeg nothing and it just it leads to this growing whether it's fair or not, this growing storyline this year about CFL officials, I don't think it's fair myself. Because no. but... I know there's been a lot of flags again this year, but, you know, I've watched basically the start and finish of most games, and, sorry, 80, 90% of the flags are earned. I would agree, 100%. There's nothing, there's nothing been, there's, of course, there's, you know, dumb stuff and weird stuff and bad calls that happen every once in a while, but that's, that's sports. It happens. Right. So, I mean... It looks like guys that haven't played football for 600 days. Yeah, and I mean, the NFL just started this weekend, too, and there was a ton of flags in all those games as well. Yeah. And they had three preseason games. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Much like I was 0-3 in my fantasy teams. Mm Mm-hmm. I finally went 4-0 in CFL Pick'em this week. Did you? I did. Holy shit. I'm just glad that nobody's asked me to do that, because I would just... (laughs) It'd be real bad third i think on three down at nine and eleven on the season and then yeah because it's been a weird start to the year i don't think anyone's done that great and then yeah i finally got four and all this week so happy about that that that's that's actually a four and oh in any week with this chaotic year is very impressive yeah because the one that saved me was yeah it was going with the argos because i i started seeing some people 
you know, the other guys on the site putting down that you know, the Ticats have it figured out. So I'm like, no, just when you think this, you have the CFL figured out, they tend to throw you a wrench, and here we go. <laughs> right, and that's that's exactly what happens. Yeah. <laughs> Another wrench that was thrown in by the Toronto Argonauts right now. The return of one Chris Jones, apparently. Uh, yes. Safe to say no one saw this coming. Um, unlike some other things that apparently no one saw coming recently <laughs> that other people have talked about. Um, right. Yeah, Chris Jones is apparently coming back as the Toronto Argonauts defensive coordinator, a role he has held in the past. Um, yeah. And, well, so there's a couple angles on this one. Right. Number one, um, just again, up in the middle of the night, basically leaving a job for Chris Jones. So, which which is which is what he does, and which and, is what and... he does. But I mean, in the past when he's done it, at least in the CFL, like when you're in the CFL or even when you're in American College or in the NFL, it's like okay, this is professional. We understand everyone's looking out for number one, and you know, even though you're maybe not necessarily happy about it as organizations or players, you get it because that's the business. Right, and it's always uh, but, been an off-season move as well. Yeah, it's always been an off-season move, but to up and leave a bunch of high school kids in the middle of a season is kind of From a what, shitty look. It's kind well, of a shitty just, look. That's him, though. I know that's him, but it's in the middle of a fucking season at the school that you went to that's quote-unquote your dream job and leaving makes you want to puke. Well, I don't know, maybe don't leave. But, but the, okay, so that's the thing, and I'm glad that we're on this podcast now because I never had this opportunity to say this before. He's a piece of shit. Mm-hmm. He is. He he's always he has no loyalty to anybody. He has he has nothing. He's a maverick looking for his next gig. And like you said, could you imagine being a parent of these high school kids where you get Chris Jones, all the success of the CFL, his coming back to his alma mater. He's just came from the NFL and he's going to coach your kid. How jacked are you? Mm-hmm. To quote the Big Short, you are jacked to the tits, right? And then for him just to leave in the middle of the night is just it, that's the kind of thing a shitty human does. You can't tell me that this job wouldn't be available at the end of the season. Mm-hmm. And well, I'm not some job would have been, yeah, right. Somebody would have hired Chris Jones despite his many flaws. Like when I said, <laughs> reporters, put your DMs on private. There's not some smoke I'm willing to get into on this podcast. I'd probably some uh, fuck. I'd probably have somebody from Atlanta or wherever trying to get me fired again. But he is not a good person. He is not a role model. He is not somebody that looks further than his own dick. He is out for number one in his personal life, in his professional life, in everything he does. And what he did to that high school program, it's gonna fuck off, Chris makes you puke then stay that job would have been there at the end of the year and now the thing is too is you got a guy who's paid his dues like ryan dinwiddie getting ripped because ryan dinwiddie's basically going did they just hire my replacement it's rare to hear a guy say that and again from our episodes with plaster i'm a big dinwiddie guy Mm -hmm. but you bring this guy in, you know that what that's what he's doing. He's working behind the scenes. He's building alliances. He's big brothering you to try to take your job because that's what he wants. I'm high on the Argos. They're going to have a great defense. He is going to do great things with that team. But that guy's toxic as fuck. And that's not the guy you want around. 
You're trying to build something because you know he's going to bounce. And I don't, I don't know. It's just the things I've heard about him since he's left Saskatchewan, the things, this move, him leading these high school kids, I don't like the guy. I don't respect the guy. And I think, I don't think it's going to backfire on the Argos right now. I, I think that's Ryan Dinwiddie's team, and I think he's going to improve them because that's what he does. But I think in the long run, you're going to hear the rumblings. You're going to hear the rumors. Th- again, there's a reason that this guy who's basically dominated everything he's done in the CFL gets released by the NFL and has to go coach high school football in the States. There's a reason for that. Let's put two and two together here. And now he's back. And all he's going to do is burn the Argos. And I feel bad for you, Argo fans, because your team was going in the right direction. I I don't really have anything else to add to that. I didn't expect to be that angry, but here we are. Hey, Jacques Cartier. Show's over. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.